SPN 106.3 contains content that was recorded in advance of this airing. From the gridiron to the hardwood, the diamond to the pool, South Florida is the best of high school sports. ESPN 106.3 is your home for the top preps plays, triumphant victories, and memorable moments. This is High School Hysteria, presented by HSS, number one in the world for orthopedics according to Newsweek. Now in Florida, accepting virtual and in-person appointments in West Palm Beach and Wellington. You're listening to High School Hysteria on ESPN 106.3. Welcome to Delray Beach, Florida, to Little Fenway Stadium, and to High School Hysteria on ESPN 106.3 and the free ESPN app. I am Cyrus Wittig, and I am flying solo at the ballpark tonight, but don't worry. I got my trusted team back at the studio, Stone Labanowitz and Damian Perez, which reminds me that Trustbridge C-Star program provides free grief support to children and teens throughout our community. Visit trustbridge.com for more information. Again, we are here at Little Fenway in Delray Beach broadcasting from an early season matchup in the South Florida Collegiate Baseball League, or the SFCBL for short, between the Boca Raton Blazers and the Delray Beach Lightning. And I got to say, the third time truly is the charm because we were supposed to be out here the last two Friday nights, but we got washed out by Mother Nature and the rain. So it's great to finally be at the ballpark taking in some summer baseball. And you know what? In honor of our first trip to Little Fenway this summer, let's make this matchup between the Boca Raton Blazers and the Delray Beach Lightning our HSS game of the week. And remember that HSS is ranked number one in the world for orthopedics, according to Newsweek. Now in Florida, accepting virtual and in-person appointments in West Palm Beach and Wellington. Visit them online at hss.edu. We will be at the park until 7 o'clock tonight, and we'll definitely keep you updated on the ball game here. But we've got some great guests lined up tonight. First, we're going to catch up with one of the best wide receivers in the area, Javorian Slim Reaper Wimberly, as well as one of the best college pitchers in the country, Wellington native and American Heritage Delray alum Ryan Bruno, who's just an absolute strikeout king on the mound for the Stanford Cardinal, who are one of the eight teams in Omaha vying for the College World Series in the next 10 days. And we will definitely get into some of Ryan's numbers later on because they are truly mind-blowing. You got to hear these. Like I said, we've got an excellent show lined up for you. And speaking of excellence, excellence is Land Rover Palm Beach. Local family-owned and operated, GM Matt Atkins has been there for 30 years. They know the product. They know the brand. You will be taken care of because you deserve excellence. Let them go above and beyond for you at Land Rover Palm Beach and LandRoverPalmBeach.com. Also want to remind our listeners to follow the show and the station at ESPN West Palm and at ESPN Top 63 on Twitter. And you can, of course, follow me. At Cy Wittig, that is C-Y-W-I-T-T-I-G, as well as my broadcast partner, Stone Labanowitz, at L-A-B-A-N-O-W-I-T-Z, Stone. And remember, my guys, Theo Dorsey and Tyree Smith, have daily high school coverage on Fox 29 and WPTV. If you've listened to the show before, you know we like to go with the young guys first. And you know what they say, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So earlier this week, I caught up with Palm Beach Central Bronco Javorian Wimberly, who just recently committed to play for the Chippewas of Central Michigan University. And Javorian is our FPL Next Generation Athlete. 
Time now for our Next Generation Athlete, presented by Florida Power and Light, FPL, investing energy the next generation can depend on. Again, Cyrus Wittig with you on High School Hysteria, and we are joined by Palm Beach Central pass catcher Javorian Slim Reaper Wimberly. First of all, Javorian, congratulations on your commitment to Central Michigan. I saw some pictures of you in a Chippewas jersey on Twitter. And by the way, you can follow Javorian on Twitter at J-A-V-O-R-I-A-N-W. That spells out Javorian W. And I got to say, Javorian, you look clean in the maroon and gold after a long recruiting process. How does it feel to be committed to play football at Central Michigan University? I mean, it feels great. And it's, it's a relief Backing up just a little bit, you received your first offer from South Florida uh, back in December of 2021. You, know, you decided to go in a, di- in a different direction, but what was the feeling you know, of seeing all your hard work pay off with your first Division One offer when you got that one? I mean, when I got it, like, it was right before my birthday. It was always before my birthday, so, like, it was the biggest pr- present that I can get. Well, from one, from one December birthday to another Javorian, I am very happy for you. I know December and, and kind of Christmas time, birthdays can be tough, and that is one heck of a present. Again, Cyrus Wittig with you on High School Listeria, chatting here with Palm Beach Central wide receiver and recent Central Michigan commit Javorian Wimberly. Javorian, one thing I found interesting is that I saw that Central Michigan was actually your latest and most recent offer to go along with Illinois. Again, mentioned already uh, South Florida and a host of others, you got the offer from the Chippewas on June 3rd, and you committed uh, about a a week later, June 12th. What did you see and hear from the coaching staff at Central Michigan that made you feel so comfortable and and led to eventually committing uh, to play for the Chippewas? I mean, up there, like, it's like a family up there, and, like, like with the scheme that they run, I feel like I fit right into the scheme, and I would ball out no matter where I'm at. So with them showing me what I would do up there, I just made the, the commitment. So tell me more about that, Javorian. Where do the coaches say that you really fit into their scheme? What what set them apart in terms of where they're going to use you on the football field compared to you know some of the other the other schools that you were recruiting you? I mean, because with me and like with the rest of the um, recruiters that they have recruited, like. I'm the only receiver that um, played kit return and punt return. So once I go up there, I'm going to be already starting as a punt returner, a punt returner, kit returner. Again, talking with Javorian Wimberly at a Palm Beach Central. Javorian, I can't do an interview with you uh, without asking about your nickname. They, they call you the Slim Reaper. How did you get that moniker? And what kind of pride do you take in having a nickname like that? I got it my sophomore year with um, Coach Scotty Littles. He's at Booker High School in Sarasota now. But he gave me that name. And at first, I wasn't rocking with it. But then, <laughs> like, towards the junior, junior season, that's when I started to rock with it. And I just kept it. So I moved down to South Florida last September. So at the beginning of last year's football season. And the first high school game I saw was your 44-14 to win over Dwyer. And I remember watching that game and thinking to myself, man, the Broncos have this three-headed monster with you and quarterback Ahmad Haston and your fellow wide receiver, uh, Luby Maurice Jr. Talking about Ahmad, you guys have been playing together for, for such a long time now. 
Obviously, you'll have one last ride together in the fall, but is it weird to think about catching passes from someone other than Ahmad? I mean, yes, it's going to be weird because, like, I knew Ahmad for so long and he's been throwing to me for so long that once it switched, it's going to be a whole new type of throwing and whole type of new um, new type of uh, connection that I'm going to have to get with uh, the new quarterbacks. Obviously, this isn't the case for South Florida and where we are, but you look around the country, most high school teams don't have a Division One caliber receiver, and 99% of high school teams around the country don't have two D1 caliber receivers. The Broncos have you, and they have Luby Maurice Jr., who, who has got a great offer list to go play at the next level himself. How valuable has it been to play with Luby uh, you know, to motivate each other, to compete against one another, and just help each other get better as football players. We always set goals to try to see who's going to get 100 yards, like, each game. So, like, we compete to see who's going to get 100 yards and who then who's going to see who get the most touchdowns in each game. So, speaking of goals, what are your individual goals for the 2022 football season? Last year, I almost broke a 1,000 yards, but I didn't because some of the games were canceled. So this year, right. I'm, going, I'm going to try to break a 1,000 yards and score 15 touchdowns and score five point return and kick returns together. So 20 touchdowns in total. What about on defense? Any pick six action? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I love that. Again, Cyrus Whitting here on High School Hysteria with recent Central Michigan commit, Javorian Wimberly, who plays his high school ball at Palm Beach Central. Javorian, getting down into more of the nitty-gritty of the wide, re- wide receiver position, what's your favorite route to run on the route tree? I would assume a lot of guys want to run the fly route or the go route to show off their speed, but do you have a favorite route to run? Uh, and, of course, if so, you know, got to tell me why. Uh, the curl route. Why do you love the curl route as a wide receiver? Because all the DBs thinking that I'm about to go deep, and all of a sudden I just break down at the first down, the first down mark, and get a first down. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a smart football player. Obviously, we know Javorian can take it deep, but he is worried about moving those chains, getting those first downs. He is wise beyond his years, and you know he can always turn a 10 yard route into an 80 yard touchdown using his speed. Javorian. Obviously, you've got a ton of skills in your bag, but what aspect of your game do you want to work on the most heading into your senior season at Palm Beach Central and, of course, uh, before you go on to play at the college level for Central Michigan? Take back more kit returns and punt returns. It's funny you bring that up because one of the most underrated skills, if you will, or, or one of the things that athletes do that they make look so easy is is catching, kick, and especially punt returns. You've got 11 guys right in your face running to 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 tackle you and you're looking straight up into the air how do you how do you do that how do you keep your concentration and is that something that you had to work on or or did that just come naturally to you i've been doing kick return and point turn my whole life so when they did put me back there it was just like second nature wrapping things up with javorian wimberly our fpl next generation athlete out of palm beach central javorian the broncos put together an amazing run last season going undefeated on the way to the state quarterfinal. What's the key to an even deeper playoff run here in 2022? I mean, we got to stay focused 
and we got to push harder than what we did last year. Last thing, Javorian, what do you want people to think about you when they watch you play? You know, if, if I were to come to one of your games and leave and, and go tell my friends about your performance, what would you want me to say about watching you play the game of football? That I'm a playmaker. I can make anything happen with the ball in my hands. Javorian, thank you again so much for your time. Once more, a big, big congratulations on your commitment to Central Michigan. Keep working hard this summer, and we look forward to watching you play in the fall. Thank you. Again, that was our FPL Next Generation Athlete, Javorian, the Slim Reaper, Wimberley, the pass catcher out of Palm Beach Central. He'll be going up to Central Michigan to play for the Chippewas next season. And he'll be playing for a head coach who's got a familiar name down here in the Sunshine State, Jim McElwain, the coach of Florida uh, for a, a brief few years, a brief stint up in Gainesville. But now he's uh, he's he's in the MAC and and he's turning the corner for the Chippewas, who have always had uh, good football teams. McElwain going into his fourth season up at Central Michigan, and and they had a bit of a a turning of the corner last season, going nine and four, six and two in conference. They were one point away from winning the the uh, the division, and they beat Washington State. 24 to 21 in the Sun Bowl. So good good things ahead for that program. And, and they will definitely be helped along by the pass catching, the speed, and and the improvisation, really, the playmaking skills of Javorian Wemberley, again, who was our FPL next generation athlete, FBL, investing energy the next generation can depend on. Again, high school hysteria on the road tonight down in Delray Beach, Florida, here at Little Fenway, taking in some South Florida Collegiate Baseball League action. And speaking of baseball, we're going to shift gears to the diamond when we come back and talk with Stanford relief pitcher Ryan Bruno out of American Heritage Delray. Ryan on the way. When we come back, you're listening to High School Hysteria on ESPN 106.3. Welcome back to High School Hysteria. Cyrus Wittig with you on ESPN 106.3 and the free ESPN app out of the studio tonight and in the ballpark or at the ballpark here at Little Fenway Stadium in Delray Beach, Florida, taking in some South Florida Collegiate Baseball League action. Got the Boca Raton Blazers taking on the Delray Beach Lightning. Great action tonight and and really a fun league, the South Florida Collegiate Baseball League, the the SFCBL for short. A lot of great college players, some local kids, but kids also who come in all over the country to to play in beautiful South Florida. We caught up with Vince uh, Ferfaglia last week, who's the president, CEO, and commissioner of the SFCBL. And, and this is really one of the premier summer leagues in the whole country. There, there are countless. Every, everyone's got them, but not everyone and very few, in fact, have really the resources that the SFCBL have, the the, the training, the the rehab, and really they take care of their players down here and, and not only just help them, you know, stay fresh and give them some baseball to play in the summertime, but they help them get better. And so when they go back to college and, and they start their next spring season in 2023, they are they have taken the next step, whether they're a, a pitcher, you know, or, or a hitter. And, and especially with the hitter, the hitters, this is a, it's a wood bat league. And, and one thing that, that Vince brought brought up to us last week it was was that with the wood bat the sweet spot on the bat is much smaller than a metal bat so if you're 
swinging a, a metal bat in, in the NCAA or whatever level of college baseball you're in, the metal bat can hide a lot of flaws and and the wooden bat kind of, you know, for, for lack of a better term, separates the men from the boys a little bit. Because when you get to the pro, pro ranks, no metal bats. We're swinging wood, obviously. And so this, this gives the players a chance to see how they can improve and, and also gives a lot of the scouts down here a chance to see guys who who are who are not just not just good college players, but but potential draft picks. And there are a ton of potential draft picks out here. I'll, I'll tell you that two hundred and five uh, draft picks in the last 10, uh, 10 years for uh, of players out of the SFCBL twenty. That's twenty a year, and and twenty six guys have gone on to make their major league debut. So. You come play here. You come watch here. You come watch these games, which are happening in, in you know Boca del Rey, uh, West Palm Beach, all over all over the area. Chances are you're going to see somebody who who goes on to play professional baseball. Chances are you're going to see somebody who goes on to play in the major leagues. So really fun to be out here. Really cool experience, and it's especially timely because we got the College World Series starting this weekend, and a couple local kids are playing in the College World Series up in Omaha, which is, I think, in my opinion, one of the more underrated events in sports. Just an incredible atmosphere uh, up there. They, they do a great job. And Stanford and Notre Dame have some local guys on the team. Actually, each have two of them. Notre Dame, Austin Temple, and Alex Rayo. But today we're going to focus on Ryan Bruno, the relief pitcher, the lefty, the Wellington native, a graduate and alum from American Heritage Del Rey and just an absolute strikeout machine for the Stanford Cardinal. Before we bring Ryan on, I, I gotta I gotta list off some of some of Ryan's stats this season. Ryan has pitched 38 innings, which means 114 outs, 38 times three, right? Of those 114 outs, 68 of them have been strikeouts. 60% of his outs are strikeouts. That is just absolutely absurd. I mean, you can if you're playing if you're playing the field, you can put your glove down half the time. Ryan's Ryan's taking care of it. In the last month, Ryan has made 9 appearances, 17 and 2 thirds innings. He's given up 8 hits, only one earned run. You got to use a microscope to find that ERA. It is 0.51. He has struck out 26 guys he is throwing as well as any pitcher in the country right now. And Ryan will have a big role in quieting the bats of Stanford's opponent, the Arkansas Razorbacks, who come into Omaha with lots of College World Series experience uh, under their belts. They were national runners-up a couple of years ago. Dave Van Horn and the, uh, the Hogs are no stranger to Omaha. They've got an impressive lineup. But Bruno and the Cardinal, they are impressive as well. They will take on the Razorbacks at 2 p.m. Eastern tomorrow in their opening game of the College World Series. And if you weren't with us earlier, the reason we're talking about Ryan is because he is a Wellington native. He is a graduate of American Heritage Del Rey. Ryan, I know you've got a crazy busy schedule this week, travel all your practices, all the media stuff you're doing. I sincerely appreciate the, the time you're taking to, to talk with us here at High School Hysteria. Before we talk about your time at Stanford and the wonderful season you've had and the, and the great run that Stanford has had to the, the College World Series, I want to go back a little bit, talk about 
playing high school ball at American Heritage Del Rey for one of the best baseball coaches in the area and in, also in the state of Florida, Carmaza. What do you remember most about playing for coach? Playing for Coach Mazza and being on, you know, that team was just really good team building, uh, um, you know, experience for me. And I, I think that was kind of what gave me the opportunity to come to Stanford. And uh, I don't know, just you know, gave me really an opportunity to become better at pitching and learn from a bunch of great guys, especially Coach Mazza, who has such a um, you know good background with with pitchers. So I think just gaining experience there and and setting me off on the right foot was the biggest thing. Is there a quote or like a mantra or a message or, or a piece of advice that you got from your coaches at American Heritage Del Rey that you use, you know, whether you're warming up or on the mound or, or uh, you know, your day-to-day playing baseball for the Cardinal? I wouldn't say that there's a specific mantra or anything. I think it was just, you know, staying within myself uh, and kind of learning the mental game uh, of pitching. I think that was kind of the biggest thing to emphasize, especially Coach Maza. And I think that was, uh, you know, what's helped me the most. Uh, outside of the physical aspects of it. So I think definitely focusing on uh, the mental side and, and being as competitive and uh, external as possible is the biggest thing. Talking with South Florida native and Stanford relief pitcher Ryan Bruno. Ryan, your your twin brother, Jaden, is your teammate at Stanford. What's it been like being able to share not only your high school playing experience, but but now your college days with, with your twin brother? Yeah, I mean, it's a great experience just being able to take something you know, and have that companion right next to you that's doing the exact same thing. So when you're working for the same thing, it's um, easy to bounce things off each other and um, makes it a lot easier to uh, keep working hard every day and stay motivated. Rumor has it that Stanford is a, is a pretty good school. How do you balance your baseball life and all the responsibilities as an athlete with the academic rigors of such an amazing university? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I think it all comes down, you know, the cliche statement of, of time management. And I think uh, you got to, you know, prioritize, you know, whether that's social, baseball, or academics separately, and you got to look at, you know, what's really going to benefit you the most and what you want to do to your career. So I think just uh, time management and, and, you know, allotting your time every day-to-day on, you know, what you think is going to be best for you at the time. So I think time management is the most important thing. Like most players, you had some growing pains when you got to the college level, but a lot of guys, especially pitchers, take years to figure things out. As a sophomore, you are pitching as well as anyone in the country. What are the factors behind your improvement from last year to this year? Yeah, as I mentioned uh, earlier, I think it, it for me, it doesn't really have anything to do with the physical side of it. Um, I think just coming in last year, I was a little overwhelmed by the situation. And now I kind of was able to take a step back, whether that was with summer baseball or, you know, working in the fall and um, didn't put too much pressure on myself. And I think it became a lot easier once I did that. I didn't have to worry about a lot of the things, and I kind of was just able to focus on, you know, my physical performance and how I can help my teammates best win and, and the coaches as well. So I think uh, just being mentally prepared and staying locked in as long as possible is the biggest, you know, the biggest change for me. If you're just joining us, I am catching up with Stanford left-handed pitcher Ryan Bruno. Stanford takes on Arkansas in their opening game of the College World Series on Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern. So, Ryan, a few freshman struggles last season, but you came out of the gates this year, uh, back in the springtime, red hot, striking out 10 batters and not allowing a run in your first three appearances. It doesn't seem like there was one game where you kind of had this voila moment, but was there one practice, or did you maybe throw a simulated game where things came together and, and, and you got the confidence to, to, to go out go out and execute? 
I think, you know, having so many appearances this year, it's, it's easy to make changes and kind of learn from every single outing that you have. So I think definitely in the fall and working into the better part of the winter workouts, I think that I definitely made, a, uh, you know, certain changes in my mechanics. And uh, I was able to make those changes pretty quickly that allowed me to have a success early on. Um, and of course, I'm still working on certain things, and mm-hmm. I think that everyone has their things to work on. But um, even going into you know Omaha now and the games we have to play, I think that um, you know I have a lot of adjustments that I know and a lot of adjustments that I need to make, and and uh, I'm well aware of them, and I'm you know confident that I can make them. Ryan, I've watched you pitch during Stanford's run to Omaha, and, and you throw with a lot of fire, a lot of energy, a lot of emotion, which I love. When you come out of the bullpen. There's got to be tons of nerves, tons of excitement, and I know you get some warm-up pitches on the mound, but is it ever difficult to to relax, slow your heart rate, and, and just settle your body down so that you're not overthrowing? Yeah, I think that's definitely a great point. I think coming out of the bullpen, I mean, it's kind of you're put into a fiery situation mm-hmm. to begin with, so I think you just have to calm yourself down and, and, and look at the situation as being um, what can you do to help your team best win, so... I mean, you don't have to be perfect. I think when you that you really, you know, everything goes south and you try to be perfect and you do everything, um, you know, try to do it like you've never done it before. But staying within yourself, definitely the biggest thing and not letting the moment get too big. Again, I'm joined by American Heritage Del Rey alum and Stanford reliever Ryan Bruno. Ryan, there's so much data and analytics in baseball these days, and I'm sure that you have a scattering report for pretty much every batter you're going going to see. Do you pitch every guy the same and say, "Here's what I got. Here's what I have. I dare you to dare you to hit it," or are you changing your approach for every guy based on that scouting report, based on the analytics, based on the statistics? I think it's a great question. I, I think you know it, it varies from guy to guy, but me personally, I like to attack every hitter the same and just pitch to my strengths. It's kind of what our pitching coach always says: just pitch to your strengths first, and then uh, worry about everything after that. So that's kind of my you know mantra going into it. I want to focus on what I do the best and, mm-hmm. and how I can attack them rather than uh, avoid or go after their weaknesses and, and, you know, go away from my strength. Stanford back in Omaha for the second year in a row. When I look at this squad, other than Braden Montgomery, the entire starting lineup was on last year's team. And although you lost Brendan Beck, uh, the majority of the arms are, are, are back as well. How valuable is it to have a team full of guys with a year of Omaha experience, if you will, under their belts. Yeah, I think it's, you know, very valuable. And especially guys who've been here before and kind of got a taste of, you know, what goes on. And and I think the biggest thing is that, uh, you know, everyone feels like we're not done. We made it last year and that was a great accomplishment, but we're nowhere near, uh, you know, we won a national title and mm-hmm. that's what we've worked for all year. So I think, you know, having that experience, it pushes us, motivates us even a little bit more to, you know, go and get it this year. We are wrapping things up with Wellington native, American Heritage Del Rey graduate and Stanford pitcher Ryan Bruno. Ryan, when you get into the conference and the NCAA tournament, you're either in an elimination game or you're basically one game away from playing in an elimination game every time you take the field. So with that being said, and, and with that being the case, pitchers are asked to to eat more innings and, and pitch more often. As a pitcher, does your recovery process and getting your arm back, ready to go, ready to be at 100%. Does that change from the regular season to the postseason as you take on a bigger responsibility for your pitching staff? Yeah, I think the workload is definitely a lot a lot more in season just because, you know, with the demand of, of having to win games, so you're going to throw your best guys, you're going to throw your best guys 
back-to-back days or even back-to-back-to-back days. So I think, yeah, obviously recovery becomes key, you know, whether that's with, you know, lifting or, you know, stretching stuff. So, yeah, I definitely put a little bit more emphasis on that um, when it comes down to the wire. Uh, definitely a lot more stretching, you know, drink a lot of water, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I take it seriously in the regular season as well, but even more seriously when it comes to the playoffs. Last thing, Ryan, as a reliever, you, you do a fair amount of spectating, which in baseball usually means chewing gum or spitting sunflower seeds. So are you a gum guy or are you a seed guy? And depending on which one, what's your preferred flavor? So, yeah, I usually go, I'm more of a gum guy, to be honest. I probably go with the Big League Chew. I like that. I usually have some of that on me. Um, I'd say, you know, just like the yeah, normal, pretty um, non-variety bubble gum. I, I think that's, you know, my everyday thing. But, <laughs> I'm, I've, yeah, I've started chewing some seeds. I think I'm going to probably get into that a little bit more as as I go on. Yeah, I've, I, I got to admit, I been a long time since my playing days i forgot about big league too that sounds pretty good right now i might i might have to go oh, yeah. uh go pick yeah, some up does. yeah for sure ryan again thank you so much for the time i know you guys are crazy busy i really appreciate it congrats on an already fantastic season and best of luck in omaha yeah thank you so much i really appreciate you doing this really great stuff there from ryan who was one of the four local kids to be playing and competing in the college world series up in omaha for the next uh two weeks or so the three others, Ryan's little brother, who we touched on a little bit, Jaden, also a pitcher at Stanford. And then you got two pitchers at Notre Dame, Austin Temple and Alex Rayo. So we'll certainly wish them best of luck. Again, Stanford plays their first game of the tournament tomorrow, Saturday, 2 p.m. Eastern. They take on the Arkansas Razorbacks. You can watch that live on ESPN. Notre Dame plays right when we finish up the show. They take on... Texas at 7 p.m. Eastern. That game is also on ESPN. So so tune in, cheer on, cheer on our local kids buying for uh, a shot at glory, a shot at a ring, playing for the ultimate prize of NCAA baseball. Again, thank you so much to Ryan for hopping on with us amidst a very, very busy but very fun week, I am sure. We'll take another quick break. You're listening to High School Hysteria on ESPN 106.3. Welcome back to High School Hysteria. Cyrus Wittig with you down here in Delray Beach, Florida. Just a beautiful night for baseball. And we are out at uh, the ballpark for some South Florida Collegiate Baseball League action. The Boca Raton Blazers visiting the Delray Lightning tonight. It's pretty my first my, it's my first time down here, and they call it Little Fenway. And hey, they got the they got the green monster, they got the scoreboard and everything out here. So it was pretty fun to be out here. Come down, check out some baseball, some great local players uh, playing in a wood bat league. So uh, really fun to see guys potentially swing the bat where they where they would be at the next level. Uh, right now, we're gonna make a late addition to high school hysteria. This is uh, Glade State football head coach Zach Threlkeld. Coach, you on with us? Hey, yes, sir. Coach, appreciate the, appreciate the time. Uh, Coach, you're going into your third season at the helm of Gators football. You know, before we talk about the 2022 team and, and kind of this upcoming season, I want to go back a little bit. You were the quarterback for Glades Day when they finished as the state runner-up in 19, 1996. Then you spent a long time serving under Coach Eric Pitts. You know, how cool is it to have taken over the Glades Day job and, and lead this program after so many years as a, as a player and assistant coach and now the head coach and not to mention you're also the, I think you're the athletic director as well. Yes, sir. That's correct. Um, well, first, let me just tell you, I appreciate um, the invitation and I, I appreciate the consideration to be on the show. Um, it means a lot. So thank you for that. 
But, uh, yeah, um, you know, Blaze Day means a lot to me. I'm from here, obviously played here. And, uh, you know, um, it just means a lot, you know, being being at Glaze Day and having the impact and, and uh, being able to come back where I learned so much from good coaches uh, coming up with uh, Coach Pete Walker. He coached me. He's now at Clewiston. Um, I probably learned more from him as much as anybody else. Um, as I was coming up as a football player and even a young coach, coached under him too when he was at Glaze Day for a stint. And, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it just means a lot to me. You know, the place is special, and, and uh, I want to have the same impact that, that the coaches had on, had on me when I was at a young age. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. Again, Cyrus Wittig here on High School Hysteria with Glade State football coach Zach Threlkeld. Uh, coach, you were hired in July of 2019 and went 2-7 and du- during your first season. Uh, you improved to 3-6 and six during your second and then led one of the biggest turnarounds in the state this past year as the Gators finished 9-2. Uh, and two. One thing I noticed, your 3-6 and six year in 2020, you lost three of those games by a combined 18 points. So really... You weren't all that far away from going, you know, five and four or six and three. So, with that being said, were you surprised by the nine and two record you guys put together last season, or did you expect to have that big leap? Uh, I don't know if I expected uh, to be as as uh, successful as we were. I knew we were going to be a lot more competitive, um, you know, uh, last year. But uh, you know, it was just a process, and and uh, you know, I I, I knew what I was doing was the right thing and, and uh, kind of just figuring out how I wanted to do it along the way as the first-time head coach. And, uh, you know, that second year was tough, like you said, because I felt we were getting there, you know, and we were being a little bit more competitive but just couldn't finish. Uh, that was mm-hmm. the biggest thing. We were competitive in games and, and just couldn't finish at the end and, and made too many mistakes and just didn't get it done. But But last year, I'll tell you that, you know, we had some really good players. Dylan Wilkins, our quarterback, um, in my opinion, was one of the best in the county. Um, and we had some really good skill players, and we had a, a senior-laden offensive line. And uh, and our defense was good. Um, but leadership, to me, was, was the key. We had some really good leaders, and they, they kind of set – and established the culture and and enforced the culture and they held a lot of the other kids accountable too and and that was the biggest difference to me joined here again on high school hysteria by glades day football coach uh, zach threlkeld coach you know your nine wins last season were the most for the skaters program since 2014 did you feel a different sense of energy you know not only around the football program but around the school with the success that you guys had last season Sure, sure I did. Um, Blaze Day School, obviously a lot of tradition there. Um, you know, we have seven state titles going back from the 80s with Byron Walker. So, you know, there's there's still high expectations mm. there for the people that follow Blaze Day and the parents. You know, they know Blaze Day football and they know how it's supposed to be. So, sure, it was great, you know, um, just to get back on the winning track and, and uh, people starting to believe back in what we were doing. Um, it, it made a big difference. And any time you can get that support from your parents and the community, um, it, it makes it that much more special. Like I mentioned, you took the reins from Eric Pitts. You know, obviously, you spent a, a lot of years learning and working with him. But every coach yes, likes to every every coach likes to do things you know a bit differently. Did did you make any kind of tweaks to the way you guys practice or prepare or you know as well as your style of, of offense and defense? Um, you know, when you when you took over. 
Well, I'll tell you first, um, I learned a lot from Coach Pitts. He's a good friend of mine. Um, and I'll tell you that nobody loves Glaze Day football more than Eric Pitts. You know, he's been around the program, I'm going to say, probably 25 years. Um, he was an assistant coach when I was a player. So he's been around Glaze Day a long time. And, uh, you know, I would say going, you know, kind of in, in my experiences and my career as a coach and player, you kind of take bits and pieces from the coaches that you've learned. And, uh, and, and Eric Pitts is definitely somebody that I have taken things from. But, sure, uh, you, you know, as a head coach, you kind of do things your own way. So, yeah, I mean, there was, you know, and that, and that kind of has continued to change, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I'm, I'm not so much set in my ways as far as how we need to practice um, you know, the practice schedule and, and uh, you know, our summer workouts. We have a culture and a standard that we are pretty consistent in. But, you know, sure, I'm always looking to try to find, you know, new ways to make us better, you know, try to find new drills and new things that, that's going to give us an edge. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely have a – I definitely have done things a little bit differently that are kind of tailored into what's comfortable for me. Right. Uh, just looking back about, you know, to your time at, at Glades Day back in 1996, it, it's funny, you know, you think about, I, I played high school ball in, in the early 2000s and, and played my college ball, I guess, in the mid 2000s. And I think, okay. about the way, I, I, would, I think about the way that football has changed just in the past, you know, couple of years. I feel like I played, sure. in the, I, I feel like even I played in the Stone Age, you know, just with the way offenses <laughs> are, the way offenses are, um, Right, are, are progressing and 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 reevaluating sure. and and uh, and you know always changing. Do you, what do you st- you know what can you still take from what you learned you know in your playing days back in the '90s that you know is tried and true is going to work you know yeah. that you teach the same back then and you teach it the same now. Sure. Well, I'll tell you that you know regardless of the evolutions of scheme, even when we were playing, I mean I. You know, at, at Glaze Day when I was a player, we ran the eye, and, yeah. and you know, and and that's what most people ran. I mean, yeah. I can't, I can't tell you many opponents that I remember that were even in shotgun at that time. You know, um, and I played in college and ran the wing tee, and that was you know right around 2000. So, you know, the evolution of football always changes, but you know, blocking and tackling is still super important. Um, I think those are the staples. So regardless of what happens in football, you still got. If you're not blocking and tackling well, you're not going to give yourself a very good chance to win. So I, I've never forgotten that. Um, and obviously, we do things that you know defensively are tailored to opponents that we play. And we're probably more spread, I would say, identity-wise, offensively than anything. But it still goes back to blocking and tackling. So you better right. be good at those. <laughs> Again, here with Glades Day football coach Zach Threlkeld. Coach, everything in football starts with the quarterback, and you'll you'll have a new signal caller this year. You already mentioned him, the graduation of, of Dylan Wilkins, who, who uh, certainly was one of the best quarterbacks in the area last year. W- was there a serious, you know, pretty serious uh, quarterback battle in, in spring ball, or did you have some clarity on, on who will be taking the snaps this fall for the Gators? Uh, no, I really didn't get any clarity. Um, we have two guys. Um, Two guys that are really athletic, two guys that can really help us. One is Jiren Hewley. Uh-huh. Uh, Jiren played receiver and safety last year for us, and uh, he's going to be really good. Uh, he's already got some D1 offers just on his size and athleticism. And, uh, you know, so he's one guy. And then Marquise Clark, 
is going to be a, a junior, um, mm-hmm. and he throws he throws the ball really well. And is a good athlete, really good baseball player, good feet, you know. So, um, you know, I would like to I would like to before August starts choose one. I was a quarterback myself, and in college, I kind of did a rotation, and I never liked it. You know, I no, never felt right. like a quarterback could really get in the rhythm. Um, you know, I feel like you know the team needs to know who the guy is. And, uh, you know, when you have two quarterbacks, I think some kind, sometimes it makes it difficult. So, you know, that's my mindset is to be able to choose the best one that, that gives us the best chance to win. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I could still package, you know, both of them, um, you know, if it makes us that much more versatile and, and that much better. So, you know, I'm, I haven't made a decision yet again, but both of them are really good kids. Um, and both of them can help us, so it's it's a tough decision. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's fun to hear uh, Marquise Marquise Clark's name. I actually, caught up with him uh, a couple months ago now, uh, talking about his his baseball career. He's definitely got a, a fireball for an arm. So looking forward to, to seeing him compete for that spot, uh, Coach. Before I let you go, is there a specific position group? You know, whether it be O line, D line, you know, receivers, DBs, linebackers that you're really excited about that you really think will be a, a source of strength for your ball club. Yeah, I think um, I think our linebackers. Uh, we return all three linebackers, and one of them is Janoris Wilcher. Um, he was probably, aside from Dylan Wilkins, the most valuable asset to our team last year. Um, Janoris Wilkins is is young too. He's going to be a junior, um, and he had a really good year last year as a sophomore. And he's just really mature for his age. He's a great leader um, and a really really good football player. Um, and he's and he's even better off the field. Um, he has great grades. Never a behavior problem. Kids respect him, so he's going to be a he's going to be a linebacker and, and a running back um, that we expect a lot from. Ryan Hale is another returning linebacker, uh, another really good player, plays both ways. And then Damian Cunningham um, is going to also anchor at, at linebacker. So I'm excited to see our linebackers were good last year, which was those three in a three-three stack scheme, um, and I just expect them to obviously be. Be a, be a lot better and, and make that much uh, more of a difference, I would say, uh, this year at, at linebacker. Coach, before I, I let you go, the coaches always say the next game is the most important, but when you look at the schedule, is is there one game that, that is circled that you say that's the game that, that really is um, not the one to win, but is there one game that kind of sticks out? Yeah, sure. Uh, I would say Moorhaven. Moorhaven's always been a rival for us. Um, you know, they've been down the last couple of years. Um, and, uh, you know, but I think they're going to be a little bit better this year. Um, and that's our kids always get get excited uh, to play Moorhaven. Uh, it's a crosstown rival, you know, small school. Um, so I would say that's a game that, yeah. that uh, you know, we're looking forward to, uh, put it that way. But, you know, um, our schedule is, is tough. I mean, mm-hmm. we played John Carroll week two, who's a very good football team. Dade Christian, um, um, I think week seven or week eight is, is a good football team. Uh, we play a bigger school in Westwood. Um, you know, there, there's some good teams on there that are that are we have our work cut out for us, but. You know, I think iron sharpens iron. So if I'm going to give my kids the best chance to win and throw them in the fire, they need to see good football teams. No doubt about it. Coach, thank you so much for joining us on High School Hysteria. We appreciate the time. Enjoy the rest of your summer. Season's going to be here before we know it. Looking forward to uh, to talking with you then and, and watching your Gators in action. Thanks so much again, man, for the opportunity, and I uh, appreciate it. Enjoyed it. 
Again, that was Blades Day head football coach Zach Threlkeld. Great guy to talk to, really knows his football. He's, he's been around the area for a long, long time now, one of the experts uh, in South Florida football. Uh, we want to remind you also that uh, 2022 marks the 12th year of the Kaiser University College of Golf. You can get your associate's or bachelor's degree in golf management right here in West Palm Beach. They also have three master professionals and an LPGA Hall of Famer on staff. There are scholarships available, and students can play golf seven days a week. If you want a career in the golf industry, then you need to check out the Kaiser University College of Golf. Go to kaiseruniversity.edu slash residential to learn more. And again, thank you to Glade State football coach Zach Threlkeld for hopping in to the Kaiser Coaches Corner and joining us tonight on High School Hysteria. Well, that will just about do it for us. If you missed anything tonight or want to hear it again, follow us on social media at ESPN West Palm and at ESPN Top 63. And, of course, remember to tune in to Fox 29 and WPTV for more high school coverage. Thank you all to all of our listeners. Hopefully we'll be back at Little Fenway next week. But no matter what, you'll hear us at 6 o'clock. This has been High School Hysteria on ESPN 106.3.